0: And welcome to The Farm, a podcast dedicated to culture, parapolitics, and high weirdness in all its many forms. This is yours, Recluse, aka Stephen Snyder, the longtime curator of the Advisor Blog and author of A Special Relationship, Trump Epstein, and the Secret History of the Anglo American Establishment. If you like what you hear here today, be sure to check me out at VisitView.blogspot.com. That's V I S U P V I E W, all one word.blogspot, also all one word.com. And procure a copy of that book. and of works at the farm's official store, which is at eFarm podcast. That is eFarm podcast, all one word, dot store. And please consider signing up for the farm's Patreon. At the lowest tier, you get two additional full-length shows per month. That's between three and four hours of bonus material with exclusive gifts and content. And our all-access patrons have access to the farm's monthly Zoom party meeting, my State of the Union addresses, periodic write-ups, dispatches from all the adventures I have, insights into the research that's ongoing over here, and all kinds of other goodies. It's a lot of material, guys, so definitely give that a consideration here. All right. Joining me again for this outing is Wayne Mathias, a former corporate drone and fellow sync junkie and also an intern of the mystic arts. More recently, he's launched his own blog. It's a little place called The Open Sanctum, and naturally a link will be provided in the description. This is the second part of a rather epic discussion Wayne and I had that uh, spanned over three hours. To make it a little bit more digestible, I thought that it would uh, make sense to break it into two parts. The first part was a much more hard analytical look at some of the exciting developments uh to put it mildly uh in terms of neuroscience how it applies to things like psychotronics and or non-lethal weapons we went uh through a lot of recent developments in that regard from Elon Musk Neuralink to the Brain Initiative uh but with this one we're going to start getting a little more philosophical about what all of this means, especially in regards to the subject of disassociation. This has become a major issue amongst the populace at large, but especially amongst the nation's youth. And in general, I I think that we really don't appreciate the experiences for kids coming up today and how different the world is uh, from what it was for many of us, you know, around the age of forty or older and what we grew up in. It's a brave new world to put it mildly. And on that note, let us start the show. <music> I know you already mentioned this but maybe explain a little more about how quantum computing uh neuromorphic and biological approaches also also being used for this because uh, I don't know if everybody necessarily well a lot of people understand a bit about quantum computing but neuromorphic and biological um approach oh yeah well it's
1: rather arcane to put it mildly and uh but there have been uh tangible results it's just a question of which Will, uh, which will actually lead to real-world practical applications in our lifetime. Well, the one that we're all f- most familiar with is quantum computing, which has been around for probably well over 20 years by now and uh, has had uh, huge amounts of money and effort poured into it, and yet they still have not uh, fully uh, mitigated the uh, noise and error correction problem. Uh, and that's that's a big sticking point. You cannot really hope to be able to use quantum computers as they are intended if uh, they are making errors um, also at ridiculously high rates of speed, in which you would, in case you would need another supercomputer just to be able to correct the errors. I mean, there is an... I'm starting to get a sense that this is one of those Problems that might actually not be practically soluble, but nobody's willing to admit it yet, Uh, because especially because there's a lot of money at stake. Um, But there are at least other alternatives. I mean, you know, I think that the idea of the concept of using superposition and uh, as a means of uh, vastly increasing computer computing speed is that's. I think that's wild, you know. From a just um, uh, a level of science fiction um, fascination, I'm you know I'm going wow, yeah, wow. I think is okay. It's not a, uh, but of course, and I'm glad it's not my money that's going into it. At least not you know not that I know of. Unless there you know, there could be some taxpayer money going into it, which would be unfortunate. But so uh, there are other tracks of research and neuromorphic um, may be more promising. It is using materials that are to build processors that are very much like the ones we are already using but with a different architecture. Instead of von Neumann architecture, it is met the, 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 the structure of the processors are meant to mimic the structure of human or of neurons, which is quite a trippy idea when you think of it. And they have this, uh, uh, the architecture uh, feature is called spiking neural networks. So in a sense, we're creating uh, a, um, a synthetic uh, technological uh, um, analog to the, the human brain. Uh, and uh, one of the advantages is that similar to the to the brain, it is very energy efficient. And as you know, the computers uh, waste a huge amount of energy as heat. That's why they, you know, server farms require massive amounts of air conditioning, which uses yet more energy. And If you could re- cut that to a fraction and also increase the speed. Well, that's a that's a major win. So uh, and there's so far as long as everything, if things work as advertised, well, this could turn out to be the new leader in the field. Um, Time will tell. And um, but the other field, the the third track of research is called biological. And that covers actually uh, more than one type. Okay, because we're talking about uh, processors that utilize biological materials rather than silicon for instance uh or or metals you know the uh so one of the possible um versions would be using dna molecules uh, because after all dna has its own code after all the genetic code well you could use uh, you can make a processor containing uh, DNA molecules. And uh, let me see if I can. Now, of course, when you hear uh, some of the, um, the claims, you can, I could not, I wouldn't blame you for being skeptical. It's just a matter of, can someone actually show us? Well, they're working on it. So here's an example here. Um, more than... 10 trillion DNA molecules can fit into an area no larger than one cubic centimeter. With this small amount of DNA, I'm reading here, um, with this small amount of DNA, a computer would be able to hold 10 terabytes of data and perform 10 trillion calculations at a time. By adding more DNA, more calculations could be performed. So that's one example. Now, another example is uh, where they are, Creating processors uh, uh, using slime mold or uh, leech neurons. I mean, this is experimental, of course. So just to just prove the concept, um, so we've already got a slime mold processor that can <laughs> perform complex mathematical uh, computations. And uh, and it, it's and and get this, the the leech neuron processor is capable of forming new synaptic connections so as it's literally as it's you could say it's learning it's building synaptic connections the way a, a brain would so that's it's very uh, god that's it's kind of cronenberg really i mean to think of it i don't know if did you ever see the movie existence um because that's actually next kinda,
0: to yeah 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 the that. one
1: with the yeah with the the fleshy the, game pod
0: like the, one in that the has like I think a five minute appearance in it or something oh like
1: that. god that is was precious. it
0: Jennifer Jason Lee there was yeah story.
1: yeah 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 oh my god and and uh, the, I would say yeah. that quite you quite know, <laughs> it also
0: provides a lot of uh, yeah avenues for sexual <laughs> into windows with that uh, that hole that they have on their necks too yeah oh, the God, game god Almighty.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tell you, um, I sometimes uh, there's a the thing about uh, science fiction has a way of being prophetic. And sometimes that can be a little creepy, you know, especially if you're the writer. And uh, I myself am in that position right now because of the screenplay that I wrote, Epiphany, back in 2016. And I didn't know half of the stuff that I'm telling you today. I I don't know if it simply wasn't even available on the internet at that time or what, but because I had predicted in the screenplay, a 3D computer simulation, a functional computer simulation, which would then be used by a scientist at UC Berkeley to design a new psychedelic drug, which would then be tested in electronic form on the uh, 3D brain simulator before it was used on humans. Now that's just, just that scenario and realizing that this kind of research is in progress right now is, I just, I'm, I'm kind of blown away just, and uh, you know, um, we, I mean, a lot of us will, will say we're already living in an episode of black mirror. You know, we're already living in cyberpunk dystopia. And, but uh it does make me sometimes question the nature of reality <laughs> when I'm looking at jeez, you know. Uh, I honestly, I'm, I'm wondering, is am I'm gonna should I be careful about the things I imagine or something? Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the the story I'm working on right now, the reality benders, has to do with well, it's a kind of a prequel, you might say, to Epiphany, where uh, the main character is a uh, Vienna, uh, not a Vietnam but a more like a war on terror veteran who is um, you know, suffering from serious PTSD and he's suicidal but he and he goes to Burning Man which is ironic because Burning Man was in the news just recently um, and hoping for some kind of relief or healing or s- some kind of salvation otherwise he might kill himself and uh, he uh And happens he meets up with a uh, a sex magic drug cult called The Bridge, which has made its debut at Burning Man and distributing a new designer hallucinogenic drug called Epic. And um, this begins, this is the the inciting event, okay? And I'm thinking, well, okay, is this the sort of thing we can expect in in, the near future? I'm just, you know... So, you know, I, I'm hoping maybe I should just get this story finished soon uh, before it becomes, you know, I have to be able to stay ahead of reality. That's this is an occupational hazard, I guess.
0: Yeah, especially well, with the way this stuff advances now, I imagine it's probably harder than any other time to be a science fiction writer and continuously coming up with something that sounds... uh fantastic I mean really almost nothing does nowadays <laughs> yes
1: yes well um I'm I'm definitely uh, the uh I feel like I'm following in, in the footsteps of Philip K dick who um famously um dealt with alternative realities and uh the and really that is kind of the uh, ex- exploring the very limits of uh the the world view within what I would consider a materialist paradigm. Because yeah, as you know, science fiction uh, by default tends to be coming from a materialist uh, perspective. And that is why it, you know it is very enamored with science and technology. And it would be, it seems that uh, um, because we live in a, a more secularized culture now, ever since the Enlightenment, the, that um, science and technology has been trying to fill a void that has been left. And I don't think it's, it, it can ever truly do that, but it's trying. And perhaps uh, this is, for some of us anyway, this is like a, uh, an avenue... In which to um, try to reintroduce the uh, what you might call the other the 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 unseen dimensions the part the the things that materialists are ignoring or pretending that aren't there, and I do I will go ahead and call it the spiritual realm or the spiritual dimension. And indeed, um, there are a few other writers now or. Creatives, uh, including in Hollywood, who seem to be uh, exploring the same kind of territory uh, within the, the the genre. And, uh, for instance, uh, I would say Stranger Things and the O A are examples. Um, and to a certain extent, uh, the adaptations of Philip K. Dick that are well known, such as Man in the High Castle and. Uh, um, I would, I'm hoping there will be still more adaptations, because uh, I'm reading, uh, rereading uh, some of his novels, and I think they hold up really well. He will probably not be remembered so much for his writing style, but for the novelty of his ideas. And uh, um, I will probably be exploring similar territory in the reality benders in my own way and future stories.
0: Well, I know you've been uh, chomping at the bit at this. So, do you want to start getting into disassociation now, and how it being uh, key to the success of many of the methods we've been outlining? There isn't one con- uh, state of mind called
1: dissociation. It's more like a a spectrum, and you could say that on the 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 mildest end of the spectrum, you could describe that as spacing out. You know, uh, just kind of like being here but not really here, or High wave hypnosis is another example. And on the far, uh, ex- uh, the more in- extreme end of the spectrum, you've got conditions like uh, dissociative identity disorder, DID, which used to be called multiple personality disorder, and related states like depersonalization, derealization. You could say it's mysterious but it is being uh, investigated it's being taken seriously it's not necessarily dissociation is not a disorder in itself necessarily but it can be associated with and it's uh, also associated even in, in mainstream psychiatric literature with things like ritualized trance states possession channeling missing time and you know even if the the psychologists don't believe in the supernatural, they will note that these phenomena are occurring and it's uh, and dissociation could be like the, you might say a, a, a portal or a way station that can lead in many different directions. And, uh, and indeed I, my own take on it is that for altered states and the paranormal, this, 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 this dissociation is like uh, the grand central. You know, and if you're it's like once you get there, you can go in all kinds of uh, you have options. You can go in all kinds of directions. And of course, if you don't know what you're doing, if you're. Uh, well, you could end up basically, you know, in a mental hospital. You know, it's uh, so one has to do this with caution. It's uh, and. It does include, of course, a mind control application because people who are dissociated are e- more easily suggestible. And indeed, hypnosis is one of the oldest techniques of mind control there is. It's, uh, and, and indeed, you could say that all of the other techniques that um, we are familiar with from the past century of research and human experimentation has been, you could say that these are all different methods of trying to um, push the subject into a state of dissociation in order to make them more suggestible. Now, of course, there could yet be yet other uh, uh, experiments, which unfortunately I cannot confirm, but. wouldn't be surprised if people had are, have been experimenting with dissociation specifically to enhance paranormal abilities, or even, you know, um, enhancing magic if one believes in magic to uh, alter probabilities, to actually change the fabric of reality. Which I know this sounds like pretty way out, but then again, as I recall. There were people, at least somebody wrote documents uh, that were later declassified, where you got the feeling that somebody at the CIA was taking this stuff seriously. The idea of manipulating reality through altered states of consciousness. And uh, that I'll have to recheck about whether the Monroe uh, Institute was actually involved in that. We certainly know about things like the Stargate operations and remote viewing. So we know for sure that the deep state has been interested in what we might call paranormal abilities. and it would not be at all surprising if some of the brain research and the uh, and including the psychotronic research might be uh, also applied towards that end of trying to enhance those abilities if they they do indeed exist and if they can be enhanced that way. Now, as far as whether or not this is going to result in some kind of derangement <laughs> that will 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 show visible uh, effects in our world, I honestly can't say, but uh, you know the uh, the world is already quite weird enough. For instance, you know, we're already familiar with things like Mandela effects. And so could it be that this is incurring even more or with in more extreme forms? Because, I mean, I don't know if you you have any opinion about things like timelines, shifting timelines or alternate universes. I seriously do entertain those ideas. I'm not fully committed, but I certainly pay attention to those theories. Some of it can be based on, have a grounding in theoretical physics to a degree.
0: I mean, it's definitely a subject that I'm fascinated by, and I mean, I do believe that within uh, official policy circles there is such an interest in certain things such things yeah and as a whole it's just it's fascinating to see how popular the the shifting nine the timelines narrative has become in recent years especially yes yes
1: well um that uh, there there might be cultural influences and also circumstances that might have you uh, applying some sort of um mental pressure to um, investigate these things, such as like when uh, people were locked down for a couple of years and were going stir crazy, perhaps they wanted some kind of escape. Now, of course, the risk, of course, is that dissociation is one of those forms of escape. So whether or not people are actually doing things like reality shifting, or if they're simply deluding themselves, which of course People deluding themselves en masse could have, you know, some utility in some larger agenda. (laughs) You know, I mean, if you, you know, certainly there's a, uh, as far as uh, creating a a confused and distracted and malleable population, perhaps encouraging delusion would be, would fit the bill. But uh, uh, I'm not going to rule out the possibility that people could actually, let's say, Shift out of consensus uh, the their the our present circumstances, but I don't know if anybody can truly either can prove it or that it can be made a permanent first first person condition. Uh, because after all, people probably sooner or later come back. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know anybody who just goes away and they just stay. They they're they're actually gone, although. Like I said, some people will probably could probably end up in the mental hospital. They're not careful, even regardless of what kind of psyops they're going to spring on us in whatever sequence. Uh, I do think in the long run, they, meaning the so-called masters of the world, uh, the owning class, I think they will fail simply because they're coming, f- their, their their whole their whole worldview is erroneous.
0: Well, on that note, let's get into some of the trends in pop culture that seem to be reinforcing some of these methods. Uh, just to, for his instance, the second season of Hellier, uh, at one mm-hmm. point, hypnosis is used to convince someone that they've experienced an alien abduction. Elsewhere, the uh, the good old God Hellman makes a cameo uh, and is essentially used to contact forces uh, that are supposedly driving the New Kirks in their investigation. So, while never. And stated the show strongly implies that the supernatural can be induced via technology while in a disassociative state so mm. take on that yeah I had I've only heard about
1: Hellier. I've not actually watched it however, uh, you mentioned it uh, and I looked up the uh, what their use of the god helmet and apparently this was controversial because it's not I'm sh- it was not the uh, the way that the inventors had intended, would you say? You know, as far as they took some rather some liberties with it, as far as what uh what its effects were. I mean, you could spell it out for me because I haven't seen that episode.
0: Well you could say they took some liberties in general with some of the stuff. I mean the um the induced alien abduction experience by hypnosis especially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. rather chilling because I believe the guy uh, who they did this to was still experiencing effects from it for years and years afterwards because they had implanted the hypnotic suggestion in his mind that he actually had been abducted so mm-hmm. um, there does seem to be and of course they totally ignore the fact that a lot of this stuff did have a basis in experiments done under things like artichoke and mk ultra so mm-hmm. interesting how these techniques are being presented in sort of a benevolent fashion in a show like this um yeah yeah
1: well sir now it's an interesting thing when you're dealing with any kind of product of hollywood of you know trying to discern the intentions of the writers or or the showrunners um are they attempting to to warn us about potentials or you know reveal things that have already taken place um Or are you know are they uh, trying to demoralize us because after all that's one of the possible effects uh even though it might still seem like entertainment you know we um, it could be even a combination uh, now, as far as could theoretically could a not the god helmet but some version of it could it be used to create um complete experiences that have these elements in it or you could actually in a sense let's say um, a very specific type of vision a, a, a specific let's say um, scripted or choreographed experience uh, the one of your that you have selected for this particular occasion well that's, um, I would say that it, it, I don't, at, at this time, unless unless of course things have advanced uh, to the point where you could use technology to implant complete memories. And that's a, that's a tall order because it would involve uh, being able to actually, um, if you, let's say, just a theoretical here, using an entrainment device uh, that can um, sync up with uh brain waves, and then and then sort of telegraph a particular vision into someone's mind, which they would then take as their own, meaning they would uh, just like you, you know, you don't question a dream while the dream is happening. And similarly, if you're if one is having an abductee experience, an abduction experience. And it's vivid enough you would and you don't see any signs of how it was you know if you cannot tell that it was induced artificially you will probably take it at face value if that can be done well i mean yeah theoretically a lot of things could be done um but i am not aware of whether you know someone has done it you see what i'm saying there's you, there's, uh, I'm willing to entertain possibilities, but whether it is actuality, that's quite another question. And uh, I mean, there are things that are going on right now as far as, and you see, and I'm getting back to dissociation. Because one thing you could do is combine either um, drugs or technology or both to make, to drive someone into a state of deep dissociation and then you would practice a kind of hypnosis upon them to implant a vision, which they would then take as their own. Perhaps one popular entertainment version of that might be Inception. You could see there was a kind of technology, a kind of uh, psychoactive uh, technology being employed in, in, um, in Inception, the implanting of a dream. Dream implantation, what a concept. And so, yeah, you know, is that theoretically possible? Is it possible that Chris Nolan was actually revealing something? Well, I found it engaging enough that at the very least, I wouldn't be surprised if that kind of research is going on somewhere. Somebody might be taking it seriously enough to pursue it and invest serious money and effort, but we will not hear about that, I think.
0: I was uh, yeah. kind of hoping we could get here into reality shifting from here, which hmm. has apparently gained a bit of a popularity amongst the teens. Of course, they've been exper- experimenting with some of the Monroe Institute's uh, techniques that you had outlined before. There's even been mm-hmm. using videos with subliminals and what have you. I mean, I bring this up because it seems like, in general, there's just been this thread or this trend through pop culture, through some of these... Uh, kind of trendy things that the kids are getting into to try and i think normalize disassociation even make a chick something that's desirable to try to do to yourself uh it's Mm. kind of an unsettling development so i mean first yeah see reality shifting kind of playing into that with teens
1: yes well as i'd said there's a um you can easily see under present conditions especially with uh the uh level of despair and uh the uh resultant um mental illness going on today especially among the young especially you know given current conditions uh the prospects for uh um, having any kind of a future that one could call stable or desirable uh that people might want to have some kind of escape and uh there are plenty of folks out there, and you know, you could say there's like a whole um, rifter subculture uh, trying to provide uh, escape, and what and writing and, uh, t- on uh, the current, uh, you know, the fad of being able to uh, psychically, uh, uh, you know, jump from one timeline to another. Uh, And then creating a whole cosmology, kind of in a narrative in which you could convince yourself, at least for a time anyway, that this actually is happening. And you can then look, a a person was then thus conditioned, would then be looking for any kind of validation, some, you know, being quite selective about it, you know, because after all, one of the, the, in a strange way, this uh, reminds me of um, the, the cult mentality. You know, as I mentioned earlier, that, um, and I would say that uh, cult research is absolutely uh, essential to understand, you know, uh, mind control applied in groups or in the, also in addition in movements, because after all, this is, there was a kind of groupthink that it sets in. And any time you've got new ideas floating around and then there's some, you know, maybe either the, there is a, it seems spontaneous and unorganized or there's actual organizations attempting to promote whatever the new thing is. Um, and certainly if you were looking at, uh, let's say, uh, what shall I call it, the human potential movement which uh, really picked up steam uh, about mid-century, you know, mid-20th century, um, going from, you know, Dianetics and Scientology uh, through EST and Landmark Training and uh, all the way up to the more recent, more recently with NXIVM. Uh, you've got this, there's a whole subculture that's been uh fairly well entrenched by now that includes some very you know successful and well educated people. So I just to be able to draw people who uh you would normally think might be uh too smart to fall for this. Those are exactly the people who seem, uh, for whatever reason, maybe uh they've got some unhealed uh trauma or something to um, makes them gravitate towards uh, a cult mentality that promises some some kind of transformation. And that is, in fact, what I would say that uh, we have, because we have an urgent need for some kind of, um, you know, everybody is wanting something, to, things to be different than they are. Or, and in addition, perhaps, we would like to be someone else if we don't like the way we are. And indeed, that plays into um, other, other trends that uh, seem to be, um, let's say, piggybacking on uh, current, you know, really um, yeah. what I'd call uh, trauma-related disorders uh, surrounding um, identity, um, gender identity, for example. And this is something that concerns me because, there, just like uh, you know, people can people's, just like people's um, uh, instinctive impulses and their nobler idealistic impulses can be exploited for, uh, you know, quite negative purposes. It would seem that these days, um, people's. Uh, Their weaknesses, their mental disorders, their unhealed trauma, uh, and their despair and their uncertainty are also being exploited and in new kinds of psychological operations. So, could reality shifting as a fad have been cultivated for that specific purpose? I mean, in terms of actually trying to mislead people deliberately. I, you know, I cannot say, but, uh, the thought has occurred to me. That's all I can say at that this point.
0: Uh, what do you make of the growing trend of disassociation among teens in general? As I understand it, this has practically become a common thing in 2023. Uh, is this a sign that the next generation is primed for some new nefarious purpose or something to that effect?
1: Well, yeah, as um getting back to that whole notion of, you know, um, if um, trans if the um, let's say the ideology of transhumanism is meant to create a brave new world, then it stands to reason that you'd have to deconstruct or demolish um, the, what you might call the mental institutions, and also the integrity of the individuals that compose our society. And uh, so uh, you you can, if you want to look at um, the trends of the last few decades, Uh, and there's different frameworks you could use like Yuri Bezhmanov, the defect Soviet defector, uh, described uh, demoralization as a long range program to uh, destabilize uh, the Western society uh, from the inside out that uh, that fits the bill, it really, you know, I mean, people are nowadays who look him up, they're going Wow, he nailed it. And of course, there's the other way of and one of the ways you could also frame it is that uh, that uh, if you're trying to create the MK society, as I described it, a kind of the, or the brave new world as Ados, Alice Huxley had described it in his book uh, that uh, um, then you would need to, in a sense, create the new man, the kind of citizen or the the raw material to create that kind of uh, uh, stratified, mind-controlled, revolution-proof, superficially happy uh, tyranny. And, uh, you know, and of course, uh, all cannot forget Klaus Schwab and his, Immortal one-liner: You will own nothing, and you will be happy. Now, I would say, destiny is not written, at least not at least by. It's not certainly written entirely by the ruling class. Because after all, events unfold as they are unfolding right now. Person to person encounters, our our ability to communicate. The 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 things that we create, all of the, you know, all human activities add up to the 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 future we ultimately get. So, the fact that we're having this conversation could already, in its own way, be tilting the probability plane, you know, in a different direction.
0: We can only hope. I mean, yeah, my yeah. mind, it's, it's an especially concern with uh, the generation Z and younger. I mean, I don't mean mm-hmm. to keep mm-hmm. harping on this, but I was kind of struck by the statement, you know, you had made earlier uh, about people not being especially enthusiastic about having some kind of, you know, computer implanted into their brain where they could surf the internet. And I agree for people from our generation, um, you know, that does sound horrendous. But when mm-hmm. you look at a lot of the kids growing up, I mean, they've been around these devices uh their entire lives. And I mean, I've had I mm-hmm. mean you know, one example of this I've told before, but uh my housekeeper one time brought her kid over um when she was uh doing some cleaning at one point and the kid just basically was freaking out because i don't have like a video game console or anything around here Uh, you know he just Mm -hmm. wasn't really able to even be you know just to sort of sit down and talk or something like that because he's so primed to having some kind of like ipad or video Uh, device or uh something they're with him constantly so i mean these kids they're they're constantly jacked into the internet to video games to all this other stuff uh i mean if anything i think a lot of them it's difficult for them to even interact in the real world increasingly for adults so i i just see a huge divide emerging from that i think that we tend to take for granted i mean i know everybody always sort of wonders about the younger generation but i think in this case we tend to take for granted that the world that we grew up in is very different than what kids experience today, and I mean that in the sense that we grew up prior to the internet becoming omnipresent. We appreciate the joys of being offline, of being disconnected, of having privacy. Mm-hmm. Kids, especially those who grew up or were born after nine eleven, they've been you know not they've been bombarded with constant you know social media with the web, everything their entire lives, along with the surveillance state, the police mm-hmm. state. They really don't know a world other than this to boot Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think that this is very profound and something that i think that we tend to rationalize away because you know you know as i was kind of getting at before people always sort of point at the let's just say the boomers for example how the silent generation the greatest generation thought that they were going to doom the country with their radicalism and then they didn't quite end up being that extreme but i think it's a whole new ball game now in terms of how people are growing up i mean it's really as a profound trends uh, transformation of society that mm-hmm. we've experienced really since the industrial revolution uh, kind of going back to the westphalian peace or something like that it's a very different world that we're going towards that we don't necessarily have as firm a president for, as we maybe did in prior, uh, changings of the guards, so to speak, when it came to the generations. I mean, how do you yeah. feel about that?
1: Yeah, well, I can see, I can see the scenario that, and in fact, I could even embellish it further as far as, um, how, uh, if one were, com- or, um, thinking like, um, Let's say uh, one of the psychos in charge, that's the one of the phrases I would use for um, the people who are if they're trying to choreograph a, uh, a uh, transformation, uh, a radical transformation that basically ends the means the end of this civilization in the beginning and building a completely different one in its place. Well, yeah, there there could be all kinds of things happening that, uh, like, you know, a huge die off. And certainly people have been entertaining that idea of, you know, imagine if the majority of the world's population just died and then there would be some few left over that would then be scooped up and maybe put into a kind of very uh, controlled environment. You know, the whole... Um, uh, the domed city scenario, you might say, of uh, future dystopia, but you know, I'm I'm hesitant about uh, projecting very far because, for one thing, uh, it's simply a truism that uh, life is filled with the unexpected, and the best laid plans, as they say, you know. Uh, you, uh, I have very my strong intuition, and in is that things won't turn out according to anybody's plan, which is, uh, and of course, we you know, future generations may uh, be at a disadvantage in terms of uh, if they are left high and dry, and having to uh, problem solve uh, uh, in in very dire circumstances, they might not be very well equipped. My own and um, my own hope is that uh, those who are uh, raising kids now to adulthood will hopefully guide them in Ford's uh, uh, occupations that will give them practical real world skills and bring them more in touch with, um, how things are done, how things have been made, because we might have to, you know, become much more self-sufficient in, in the future. Uh, and well, at least our descendants might. And um, so, yeah, there's now, I mean, I'm looking at things, of course, from the perspective of an urban dweller here on, in San Francisco still even despite its present condition still a relatively privileged place in the world i only can say that you know we most of us are just hoping to be able to maintain the present way of life in terms of be able to still get food from the store with money that still is worth something and live you know be able to afford a place to live very basic and have you know heat in the winter and cooling in the summer if we need it and clothes on our back, you know, the very basic stuff and then hopefully access to information and ability to just communicate with and have and perhaps even form some sense of community. This is the, and to me, having a sense of community is probably the thing more than anything else is that will uh, get us through is what's always gotten us through. Um, That's the very thing, of course, which is, uh, which seems to be threatened and is, in fact, seems to have disappeared in large parts of uh, this country, at least in the first world, it seems to be um, becoming a receding memory. And, but it's not gone. It certainly, and indeed, as people, start making you know, decisions on their own to go and live in different places. I, would, I believe that their life itself provides experiences and encounters. You cannot plan everything and control everything. And I'm not even going to worry about planning and controlling or even uh, um, suggesting uh, courses of action. To, you know as far as what does an individual do because life itself is going to be teaching each of us what we have to do and according to where we are and who's with us and our you know what our abilities are yeah. you know there's a thing where you at a certain point you just have to uh rather than trusting the system or trusting the science or the experts or you know the authorities or even you know any authorities you almost have to trust the cosmic order itself that there is if you know if uh, r- rather than it's not and in other words with the we're not in this by ourselves there we are part of a larger order of what I would call a divine order, or a, there's I have my own, uh, what you might call a reality map. And I do talk about that in the blog, by the way, in case anyone is curious. Um, and that is a big subject. It's a personal subject. I'm not um, trying to sell it to anybody, but I am saying that everybody is capable. Everybody is capable. And even the people who, you know, we might regard as uh, so hooked on technology that they can't even function the way we think they ought to function. They're all everyone's capable of creating their own reality map if they are if they have the incentive to do so, and um, and if that happens, then it we could see all kinds of possibilities, and and. I have a certain faith in that because we're uh, my take on it is that the only thing really happening, really happening right now is there is one universal consciousness. There's that is the reality. There's one consciousness experiencing itself and the, its own projections. And when we are looking out at the world, and in our we are personally, you know, we each of us having the human experience, we are part of that universal consciousness and we're looking out at the world and that this world is you could say a dream in the mind of god we are the the universe that we live in could be called the interior of the mind of god and i know that sounds like rather poetic language to try to respond to you but that that is the largest context at least uh, that i'm putting in the words at the moment so I, I think that's about all I can say at the moment about that
0: subject. Would you want to get into uh, the deeper spiritual implications as to what is playing out right now before we wrap up?
1: Well, um, you know, as far as a cosmology uh, explain that has explanatory power about why we seem to we're in the situation we are, because after all, I can you know I can perfectly understand why. Uh, some might view this this uh, world we're in as a kind of trap, mm-hmm. as a kind of escape room that we have to find our way out of, um, or we could view it as something that is a, a a a battle. You might say a long, long war of powers and principalities. I don't know if you if you've grown up in a in a uh, Christian tradition you know kind of what I'm referring to, right? Uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Do you want to yeah.
0: like that though for some of the listeners?
1: Well, you know, we're talking about, uh, let's say, if we if we take the position that there is, that uh, there are, let's say, if there is a spiritual hierarchy and then there's both a, a um, positive hierarchy meaning like uh, the godhead and all of the 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 sentient beings uh on, that are in, uh in higher dimensions than us but include us then there might also be a negative hierarchy that uh however it came into existence i'm not gonna you know i don't think i can go into but however this arrangement happened. We seem to be engaged in a large struggle that is not just about us and not just about good guys and bad guys in the human race. It's a there's something much bigger that, uh, in the Western tr- uh, religious traditions, uh, would tend to lead towards some kind of end of time, some kind of you know eschatological victory of light over darkness. If at least that's the best case scenario. Uh, how long this takes, nobody knows. I mean, it, supposing the time scale, if it's all happening in the field of time, would it require the entire lifetime of the universe? Um, well, one hopes not, but really, who knows how long the universe is supposed to last? And indeed, uh, if we're viewing this as like a, a collective dream, then maybe. Uh, you know, we shouldn't be too concerned about the time scale, but rather how each of us lives our lives in terms of the, the role that we're playing. You know, I'm not saying I don't want to trivialize this as a kind of game. However, each of us, in a sense, has just this particular um, window, at least in this lifetime. If there are other lifetimes, well, I can certainly entertain that idea because I was I've been a Buddhist, so we may have yet more lives. uh, But um, let's just, you know, just looking at this lifetime, each of us has an opportunity to to, um, um, do our bit, to make our mark, to contribute in some way to whatever we consider to be the good. If we, you know, in fact, of course, everybody, thinks of themselves as the good guy in their own movie that's uh so that's where things get complicated because you know if we have let's say we have opposition they too consider themselves the good guy and they think of us as the bad guys so (laughs) it's it's ironic is but uh but then again it doesn't mean that we should bow out or you know get cynical about it it's just that well uh it seems, at least on this planet, this time, this is how the game is played. And I'm—I mean, obviously, if I'm here, I guess i am i am here to play in the sense of doing my part. And uh, um, and then I'm after I die, if whether I continue in some form or not. Well, I think that I'll just have to let future generations on this planet uh, continue as best they can for whatever whatever is motivating them whichever side they want to be on if we we're talking about sides um, you know i know that right now we have a, a one of the issues that's going on is uh, uh kind of s- political and social fragmentation and polarization particularly uh, to the point where people can't even really have a proper debate anymore because they're not even on the same page as far as basic axioms about what is real. And um, people are throwing around terms like left and right, like they still mean something. And these terms have been completely poisoned uh, as far as I'm concerned. They don't. So, you know, one thing's for sure, I don't view uh, politics the way I used to. Uh, it's almost like the whole thing has been converted into a psyop, and uh, I consider terms like right and left like um, uh, that's like uh, those are terms that belong to Flatland. You know, if you know the term Flatland, is like imagine a world of two-dimensional beings rather than three-dimensional. Well, that's we're we're not really going to solve problems, or at least not even apprehend the problems correctly if we're thinking two-dimensionally. We have to increase the dimensions. I mean, people have created uh, an alternative lately to the um, just the single line spectrum of re- right and left with an extra axis, like you could call it the Y axis of, let's say libertarian versus authoritarian. And that's an improvement, but that's still not enough. That's still a flat plane, actually. So you have to add another axis at least And that would be the the Z axis, in my opinion, would be the spiritual dimension, which has been missing for a long time. But I think that uh, that could be uh, that could help illuminate at least the situation. Uh, And then you can add even more dimensions if you think about dimensional theory. Uh, The time dimension, of course, that's the if you think of that as the next spatial dimension, think of 40 space time. Well, time is the dimension in which things in three dimensions change. That's important, I think, because we don't assume that one of the things I think one uh, people make, uh, are, are, uh, can get stuck is in thinking that there is some fixed endpoint, some dis- that, uh, at which point no further change happens or is necessary. And this is probably the one of the reasons why um, ideologies, especially ones that aim towards some kind of utopia, end up turning into dystopia, because they're denying the fact that there is life is change. There's cycles of life, certainly. And there are generation and generational changes and and indeed over time things there are mutations and uh tracks of development that go off in different directions and you have no idea in advance which ones are going to uh, uh, thrive and which ones are going to perish but life will create these uh various uh alternatives all the time, regardless. And uh, so then if you factor in that, the time dimension of of the fact that everything changes, then there there may yet be more dimensions beyond that. And that's where it gets a little harder to represent, because then we're talking about uh, the unseen dimensions. The ones in which our, you know, what you might call our our spiritual friends live. Uh, It's it's a bit of a leap. But then again, you know, one of my one of my tasks as a writer is to try to introduce that so that uh, at least in in a way that people can contain in their imaginations and perhaps then that can act as a stimulus to um, expand consciousness. In a way that uh, perhaps uh, uh, drugs and technology cannot, <laughs> and, and hopefully will not be subverted for nefarious purposes. So that's uh, that's an example. That's um, and everybody else who has you know uh, you know we all have minds and we all have imaginations and uh, you can come up with your own versions and I'm encouraging people to do so. you know that's a it's a very different ethos a different attitude than you know what i'd call a transhumanist uh, ideology because usually when the people are those folks are talking about let's you know seize the promethean fire and take charge of our evolution and uh, increase our capacities and and uh, merge with technology they're to, they're using the royal we so to speak the assumption is that people who are proposing this are the ones who are going to be controlling that and that's i'm not on board for for that kind of elitism i think that if there is something that uh is if you know as far as what is going to save us that i'm not going to use the phrase like that i think that's perhaps uh too grandiose but what is an alternative is simply that uh, we uh, end up, you know, in our own way, uh, whether privately or with others. We learn how to, uh, you know, we go within, we become wiser, become more connected, uh, not you know with both with the this uh, this world we live in and beings in it, but with also the other realms that are. Beyond 4D spacetime, that because they are, that's definitely there. In fact, I would say that the, the vast majority of whatever all that is 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 outside of or beyond. It's um beyond 4D spacetime in the sense that uh, our it's our, it's outside of the range of our physical senses that's that's all it is our physical senses are here to apprehend and work with for everything in 4d and yet the vast it could be that the vast majority of this ecosystem of consciousness is outside is beyond it and i think that our evolution is making connection and learning how to live with those higher dimensions and form relationships with that and, with, and and enlarging our context so anyway that's that's uh about it uh i hope that uh, is helpful i know that people i know that time and attention is precious and i hope that everyone listening has uh, found found this worthwhile it's uh you know there's so many voices so many so much content out there and i you know, I I really hope this makes a difference for you in one way or another.
0: Yeah, you've uh, definitely done a great job at unpacking many of these concepts, Wayne. I know it's uh, not easy. These are um, very complex subjects that we've been dealing with here. But uh, very well said, sir. Very well said. And again, uh I urge all you guys listening to this to be sure to check out his blog. Once again, it is The Open Sanctum. I'll uh, make sure I have a link to that in the description. And I think with that, we will sign off for now as it has been quite an epic discussion. <laughs> so yeah. with that, I will say to you guys as always, thank you for listening and your support and good night and good luck to you all. Come on, baby,
2: pick me up. Out here in my wiki up. Sick and tired of fucking up. Sick and tired of pushing luck. boo boo got you sending Swallow what I'm about to spit Don't got 86 From the copper grief for singing this I took it to the gold chain We were My people there, they feeling me Down low skin No more characters than Stephen King Said I'm just working at the quarry, y'all I ain't in a hurry, y'all Come on baby, pick me up, out here in my wiki up Stuck down in this stick, hut is hot as hell i tell you what, put it up and knock it down Moving on that big around Come on mama, jump down, turn around Do it for me, stick it out Say one, two, three, Geronimo Jump baby, we gotta go Hands tied, blindfold, jump into that battle zone I said it's time to get the fuck out Cause they done let the wolves out they're coming with that heat Mama shooting up the street Mama fight or flight Adrenaline You feel that little Tingle in your feet Mama no retreat Mobilize your whole fleet Hit the street Tell me that you good for it You want peace or to war for it Say one, two, three mo With Santa diffused in it, shoot it over the castle while the micro can't patrol it off from Berlin to the great while the greatest walls are bound to fall. So legalize it, Vato about the Genghis Chapo. Come on, legalize it, no need to advertise it The weed cures the cancer, everybody even caught a realized If a farmer don't make cash money When we rock that stash, honey, best believe They sooner take it out your ass, Sunday Come on, the man ain't getting wealthy With people getting healthy, right? Talking about high AZ Talking about that BMZ We got no income If we ain't got no enemy The Popo and the BP DHS and Army Honeywell and L3 Razor wires, UADs Officer, excuse me, please Said I'm just eating my burrito Not the droids you're looking for See you all on payday See you at the Safeway Bisbee lives on crazy checks BP on that fast pay I sing my Hoobie blues, y'all I don't make the rules Y'all just paying my dues, y'all But I'm just saying Sorry hippies If great white father don't make payroll Forget about your maypole It's just that one thing that ain't too clear I said people always bitchin' about the government here But that war administration's our whole civilization What?